0: I fought a good fight, I finished my football race, and after 18 years, it's time. Basketball players, we're really supposed to shut up and dribble, but I'm glad glad we do a little bit more than that. Eventually, every ball would go flat, but that doesn't mean
1: that your life will flatline. What will you do when the game is over? Hello, Endless Hustlers. It's episode 82 of Bro Bible's Endless Hustle. I am, as always, your host. Arthur Cade, another triple header, as I promised. Although it feels like more than a triple header because one of the interviews, it's actually an interview with a complete cast. So I'll be touching on that in a minute, but incredible episode ahead. We're kicking it off with the cast of a brilliant movie. I can't recommend this movie enough. For people who don't take a moment to smell the roses in their life, you have to see Nine Days, which is going to be out tomorrow, August 6th. We're talking to the entire cast, and what a cast it is. Winston Duke, Zassi Beetz, Tony Hale, Benedict Wong, and more. Brilliant movie. They're talking all about it. I don't want to give too much away, but a movie that's going to make you really take a deep breath and think about where you are in life and really assessing your happiness. That's our first line of guests. Our second guest is a beautiful and talented actress who has been in our lives for a very long time and been part of some of the most iconic projects that you can think of. Sanaa Lathan, just brilliant actress. Love and Basketball is one of my favorite movies, but she's got an amazing new show on Netflix with Leo Raz. If you don't know who Leor Raz is, he's the creator and star of Falda, which is one of my favorite shows on Netflix. He also wrote and created this new show, Hit and Run, which is Sanaa is starring in with him. It is fucking awesome, guys. Sanaa and I had an unbelievable interview talking all about her career, this new show, working with Lior. It's awesome. You guys are going to love this interview. And then we're wrapping it up with a Premier League lacrosse star, Marcus Holman. This guy is awesome. We talked all about, of all things, skincare because this is such a hot topic for men right now. And he talks just about how he got involved with this incredible company, Cardon, huge fan, big supporter. And then of course, lacrosse. You guys obviously know we had Paul Rabel, the founder of the premier lacrosse league on the show a few weeks back, but Marcus is one of the premier faces of that league. And we're just talking about just being part of the lacrosse explosion right now. He's an assistant coach at the university of Utah working under his dad how he's turned that into a career but fascinating interview but i think you guys are going to really love the skincare part i can't say it enough cardan is amazing and i love digging into it with marcus but let's kick this thing off first up, the cast of nine days you guys are going to love this we're talking all about beauty enjoy Hey guys, Arthur Cade, Bro Bibles, Endless Hustle, Benedict Edson, congrats. Beautiful movie you guys made all about valuing the small moments that make up life. So congratulations. So I want to start it off by asking both of you and I'll start with you, Edson. Mm-hmm. If you were to define a moment in your life that really is the essence of beauty in your mind that you've experienced, what is that moment?
2: Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I would say... A uh, moment with my family, you know, with um, my my mom, my my brother, my dad. It's just like maybe at the swimming pool or maybe on vacation. And just when you're just, we, we when you knew we had each other, you know, and I think that, I can't think of anything specific, but uh, yeah, it, it would be one moment with, with them all. Yeah.
1: Benedict, for you, besides working with Cumberbatch, what's your moment? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, apart from that one, um, yeah, hey, the birth of uh, my son with my wife and and just, you know, uh, just the, the union of our love. And that's our son arrived and uh, it was a, a journey. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was kind of scary in all different ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a wonderful moment, uh,
1: Benedict, for you, obviously, getting to make a movie like this, and it's Edson's first feature, it's getting rave reviews, beautiful, beautiful debut for him. But you've gotten to participate in the other side of the universe, that being the Marvel Universe. How did being part of that change your life as an actor, both personally and professionally? Uh,
3: What, being in the Marvel Universe? Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, you kind of, I I certainly knew that, I mean... uh, you know, on a personal level, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, like Keogh, I'm the oldest character, but the biggest kid. And that, that's pretty much like me, you know, I love Marvel comics. And, you know, this kind of this weird alignment going on in my career, I'm playing a character called Wong. And it's just like, I'm in the Marvel Universe, you know, that side of me is fully sated, you know, in terms of, you know, portaling through every single movie. So, you know, I'm happy about that. And then, but to find the rare gem like this with Nine Days, it's like, for me, is like, you know, it's one of the Infinity Stones, do you know what I mean, in, in, in itself. And it, and, and to, to, for, for a first-time feature director, you just think, who the hell has written this, you know? So, like, to, to literally kind of meet him and then finally sort of, you know... You know, like me and like many others of, of the casting crew that made that journey to Utah with with this passion that was written in this script, we dared to tell this story in 24 days with a tenth of the budget of a Marvel movie. You know, and uh, and what we have is priceless.
1: Yeah, Edson, okay. do you realize he just compared your movie to an Infinity Stone? That might be the greatest plug I think I've ever no, heard no. in all the years of doing this.
2: <laughs> and I think he compared me to Thanos. You know it was just like a cut
3: <laughs> yeah he's got the vulnerability stone
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a soul stone right there's a soul stone <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so for you making your first movie Edson and to be getting obviously the feedback you're getting the festivals and people love it I loved it and it was so touching mm, thank you how much does that mean to you
2: no it, it means the word to me you know it's just a, uh, uh it, it's surreal just like to uh uh, see you know the reactions uh, we're getting uh, from people watching this movie, but uh, it, it's interesting that I think it, the the thing that stays in me is mo- mostly the those you know messages or just people talking to me in a very vulnerable way, saying like how what that mean that the movie meant to them or something that their experience you know that somehow they connect. Uh, they they just like uh, have a different perspective towards that. After watching my movie and and those th- things are just priceless, man. It's just like a, um yeah I I I read some sometimes when I feel not motivated to work or like about or about my next film I just read those emails feel like oh I think I need to keep making movies or or working on on this you know.
1: All right, Tony, Ariana, and David, congratulations on a beautiful, beautiful movie. I think it feels like we get to see. A Huge amount of life, but we don't really pay attention to all the wonderful moments and this Mm. movie is all about paying attention to those wonderful moments So Mm. I want to start with all three of you and I'll kick it off with you, Tony I know the easy answer is there's a ton of them But if you are able to identify one beautiful moment in your life that really defines the essence of who you are What is that (laughs) moment?
4: Oh my god, God. Arthur, come on (laughs) Um, I would say getting a Snickers at 7-Eleven. No, um, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm in Nashville with a buddy and I, last night we were having a glass of wine and just catching up. And I, those are my favorite moments. Like I love to be with my family. I love to be with my friends. I just love very simple. If, um, I'm not into big vacations, I just like connecting with people. So I think that's like definitely probably my I remember we we, would even shooting this movie we would go out and those are the those are the times I I treasure that's
1: what I remember the most David how about you
5: yeah I'm very tied yeah I'm I love just sitting on a campfire and and I like being in nature and sit people with sitting around people I love laughing I think that's um I feel like the moments in life that I, I, I often, I'm like, I get stressed about industry things or whatever it is. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, I might just take a breath and go call my brother and go, you know, and, and, and th- those are the moments that, and in this think this movie I think does help remind us, you know, we're, we're in it. But we still need to be reminded of it all the time that life is short and it's precious and, Let's give to the world and let, give to each other. And I think, and so, I th- and I, and I think that is what I, I, I'm also the happiest when I'm within nature and with people I love.
1: Yeah. And then Ariana will throw it to you.
5: Long walks.
6: I was a latchkey kid. I walked myself to kindergarten. I think like it got me into a place of my life where I just love walking. So during COVID, um, you know, when we we're all locked down, I would just, I would literally spend the day just walking. I would walk like seven miles. I would walk from like middle of LA to Burbank (laughs) I love going on long walks
1: so there were so many great characters in this movie and without giving too much away obviously it's about who is going to win the chance to go on and live what I would love to have seen and this would be I feel like a comedic spin-off and this is for you Tony Gary from Veep is one of my (laughs) all-time favorite characters so if we threw Gary into this gauntlet of fighting for your life how do you think he would do (laughs) <laughs> not well, not well. Arthur.
4: <laughs> However, I think he kind of I think Selena was Will's character who was constantly giving him permission to live or not live. So you pretty all of Veep was if you were looking at like Winston choosing whether that was Selena. She was just like I was called a bitchy mime on the show. She let me speak or not speak. So I just never spoke. So like she had the same control Winston had over
1: my over our lives. I feel like nine days may now be a ripoff of Veep. Yeah. He may have Thank stolen you. the whole Thank idea you, and cast you in at meta. How Thank meta you. is that? Thank you. Thank Never you.
6: gonna be able to watch the movie the same again.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so for each one of you, what is a takeaway that you hope everyone gets from this movie? Obviously, the beautiful moment part, but outside of that, what is the one takeaway that when people see nine days, you hope they experience?
6: Just I think a, a reconnection with our humanity, which I think we all kind of need right now. And um, and and cherishing, cherishing excuse me um small moments and just being alive
5: yeah i think thinking about the baggage that we bring to our interactions like will brings a lot of his baggage from life into the, his choosing which souls can live and that has it also affects how he's living his life in the afterlife and, and is limiting his joy and his connection and i think we all have that baggage that armor we put on every day and I think this movie is about sensitivity and about how much we show the world and how much we risk uh, to, to, um, to be seen and to see others. I think that's an important message to talk about.
4: I would piggy- I like you said risk David because I would piggyback off of that and all of these characters they didn't they didn't change themselves to play um, Will's game. Like I think they were fully themselves and they took risks and those risks in the end for many of us ended up that not happening, but they took the risk. And I, I think that's a great walk away. takeaway.
1: Winston and Zasi, first of all, congratulations. Beautiful, beautiful movie you guys made here all about the moments in life, breathing them in and enjoying them. I loved it. I'm, the worst victim of not doing that stuff. So I love movies like this. That being said, I'm going to start with you, Winston, but this is a question for both of you. If you were to really define a moment in your own life where you experienced true beauty, something that really defines the essence of what beauty is for you, for each one of you, what is that moment?
0: Oh, man, there's so many. It's really hard to choose, but I would say there was a moment in college that I was going through where I was just questioning everything. I was questioning if the way I see the world is the way other people see it. Like, for example, when I see the color green, how can I be sure that the green that I'm seeing is the green that everyone else is seeing? Like, how can we be sure that the things that we think that we are in agreement on is really that? Like, is there any real definite truth? And then I went to the, the Natural History Museum, right? And I, wa- I went to this... Thing it was like the stars am, uh, above us or something like that. It was an Yeah, experience up there where they look at the cosmos, colliding cosmos or something like that it was called, and they really talked about how like everything that's out there in the universe is already is all also in our bodies, mm-hmm. also like a part of us, and I sat there and I started crying. It was one of the first times that I cried as a young man. Cause I didn't also feel like that was a thing young men did. Like, like unless you like lost the game, you know what I mean? Like I was like crying in this thing and it made me feel comfortable. And I stopped questioning like all that stuff. I also was wondering about death a lot at that time. And it just made me feel really comfortable and at home. And I thought it was incredibly beautiful that everything that exists out there exists in here and that we're all part of one thing. And to a large degree, this movie is about that. This movie is about how much oneness there is, you know, that, you know, everything that's out there is also in us.
1: How the heck do you follow that?
7: <laughs> um, I I think that um, it's interesting. I, li- I, I like that answer. I'd also expand, I think, a lot of... Um, I find also great comfort in acknowledging my smallness, and when I look up at the stars and seeing how big and expansive when I think about the infiniteness of the universe, I feel very comfortable then in realizing how comparatively small my own problems, worries, or thoughts are, and that my existence truly is the one of the great sleep of before birth and after death, and we're kind of doing this thing right now that's like, random and weird and chaos. And then we go back into the state that all things are. And I find that very comforting. But in answer to your question, um, I suppose it's a bit less existential, but I think to me, this moment was kind of this like, uh, in some ways, like the life, the the amalgamation of of two things, and that is, so my, my partner, he is also in the movie, coincidentally, he plays Michael in the film. And I remember the moment that I um, fell in love with him. Like, you know, we had already been, I love you, I love you, but it was like when the shift sort of happened. And I remember sort of sobbing hysterically because I felt really angry about it. And I was like yelling at him, um, but I also was like, I'm falling in love, and there's something very wonderful about that. And then also, I was so scared, and I was sort of surprised at that feeling um, of feeling so intensely vulnerable that it made me uh, like upset. And I was really, I was like angry, and he kept laughing at me. And I was like, this is not funny. <laughs> and it was, I think, kind of this, I don't know, to me, this reflection of like, the greatest and most wonderful joys are also coupled with, um, with fear and uh, with great risk comes great reward, and um, that we should be okay to be in both places. So I'll say that.
1: I, I love know, both yeah, those yeah, answers. <laughs>
0: That's so because cool, like, like peopling. I, I said this recently. I was like peopling with people is really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really scary like it's dangerous you know what I mean like like that the name of Michaela Cole's last thing like I may destroy you is like that's what you that's what you risk you risk like someone actually destroying you if you fall yes
7: you may yeah they may destroy you yeah very true
1: for both of you obviously it's got to be such a joy making an indie like this and obviously Edson knocked it out of the park first feature crushed it but you've also gotten to experience the opposite end of the spectrum, obviously, for you to see it, Deadpool, huge franchise for you, Winston, Black Panther. Now you're filming the second one. Being part of franchises like that for an actor, especially young actors, which both of you are. How does that change the trajectory of your career? How does it change the trajectory of your life?
7: It opens doors, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like I think <laughs> it. You get you get more phone calls. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think it, it's really it's sort of um, you know I think both Winston and I were really lucky to be part of projects that um, I think are special and unique and really interesting kind of in this larger um, in this larger space and um, you know I. Um, I like Deadpool outside of being in Deadpool. Like I think it's really cool and, and fun. And I, you know, I I think that um, but there is also an element of I think do it like doing a big studio film is it feels a little bit sometimes like this rite of passage into like you get a stamp of approval and then the industry trusts you. And so they're like, all right, you did you did this one, we saw it, we saw, you know, you're you we can work with you. And then all of a sudden other people are like, oh yeah okay okay if they said yes we can say yes and so in some ways it's that but then also I think opens your um, eyes to I don't know it's like it's a platform to also do other interesting things right like those films can then fund that you do something smaller and interesting with a you know a smaller paycheck Um, or not even paycheck I don't want to talk about money really but like um, you it, it, the balance allows you to explore in other ways or to do other things with your life even outside of film um, you know and, and having access to both is a great is a great thing and also different fan bases blah 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 it could go on but
1: <laughs> how about for you Winston
0: Oh, uh, for me I feel like doing those large movies all they thrust you into this sort of microwave. Um, of like being able to do other things. Like they thrust you into this microwave where you you get to cook really quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And you learn responsibility really quickly to handle carrying things and like being a part of really big things. So then when you have to shift and be outside of that, it doesn't feel that large. So going into nine days, I wasn't intimidated by nine days is, scope and and be and, and like being in the function that I was in what I was intimidated by was like how do we get this much done in such short time so I didn't feel intimidated by like the lifting and, and 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 being in conversation and all that like I felt prepared I knew I could do that um like I was cooked you know what I mean but my fear if I if I did have fear was around like how we actually get it done um, on time and, and are we gonna be able to like get enough shots, things like that. And I think like these larger things also, they, they really make you a weird ambassador for these worlds. So you just learn so many skills that you never thought you would learn so quickly. Like, you know, coming out of Black Panther, I always say like, I, I went in as an actor and I came out this weird ambassador for, like a cultural ambassador for Wakanda. And like, (laughs) I never, I never, I never expected that, you know? Like, I never expected to become like, uh, to some degree, the way a lot of people get to see themselves and get to feel like they have some sort of familiarity in a world that they're not in proximity to. Because Hollywood is just this space where so many decisions that impact the lives of everyday people are made right? But those everyday people don't, they don't live in any proximity to that. They don't have really any input on those decisions. So it feels really great to one, come from communities that are from outside of Hollywood. I come from an island of 60,000 people. And now I get to be in positions where I can help put projects together. I get to be in conversations with like really great artists that I probably would never meet outside of this circumstance. Like I'd only meet Zazie if she came to Tobago on vacation and I was probably working at like a, what is it? Like working at a resort, you know what I mean? Like serving her drinks under other circumstances in this way, but now like a person like me and people who look like me, sound like me come from my familiar roots, get to be in boardrooms and like say like, Make sure these people are represented. Make sure this kind of conversation is being had. I'm not going to do this if this is not being said. So, you know, those big movies, like, just put you in this microwave where you emerge something so much bigger than you even anticipated.
1: So one of the main reasons I started this show was I wanted to talk to successful people about the principles, the mentality that help make them successful. So my question to both of you, what do you do to continue to elevate yourself, both on and off screen throughout your life?
7: I believe that I I really do try to continue to challenge myself, um, both in my work and then also personally. Um, I think it's a little bit of a curse, but I think a lot of creatives have have this in terms of like uh, almost anything I do, if I like ever watch a movie back, I'm really upset. (laughs) <laughs> at like my performance there was a whole thing I spend the day crying and then I'm like okay but then I take you know I've gotten better being able to take a step back and be like okay that's where I was at at that moment um I'm also generally a harder critic of myself than than others are but what can I from seeing this take away from that experience and change in the future so I don't potentially feel how I'm feeling right now what can I look back and be like hmm this and this happened. I think I've I've changed how I prepare for scenes now. How long I take to prepare, what I do to prepare, just because I saw things that that um, I feel better when I do these things. And it might take more time or might take more energy, but I think through sort of like taking a step back and like reflecting and then choosing to change and and choosing to try to keep being better, like you know. Winston and I are very lucky to to be where we are at right now within our careers, but, um, you know, our work is also very fickle and (laughs) if you, you know, if you do a couple of bad movies, you're kind of out of it, you know, and, um, and so there is pressure to continue to sort of stay engaged and to keep challenging keep pushing yourself and we're young and so you know hopefully I'll be doing many things in my life. And maybe one of them will be acting until I'm 80 years old. And I hope I can continue to grow better and be more comfortable in my work. And I think that also happens then internally with my own private life, like emotionally, and I suppose spiritually, I guess I try to challenge myself and like, what, how do I want to, I wait every single day for me is a new beginning. Um, You know, if I didn't the hate or every moment for me, like I've actually gotten better at that. Like if I have a bad morning, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this moment now and I'm going to change it. And I'm going to make this a good evening. What are the things I know? um, You know, I, even if it's like, I don't feel like working out, but I know it changes my mindset. So I'm just going to take, even if it's like 20 minutes, just go on a jog and that'll switch my mindset for the rest of the day as like, now I'm going to continue to engage in my day in an active way um of me taking it and and leading it versus letting it happen to me and you know i think you can do that with many different things you know i but i've gotten good at being able to not just categorize a day or a week or something as like oh i failed at this but to continuously restart and be reborn and um you can always begin again and that to me has been Um, you know I just keep trying to grow and keep trying to balance and keep trying to accept and I always am starting again so that to me has has helped I suppose.
1: We're under the gun Winston but quick answer from you.
0: Quick answer from me I'll take a page out of Zassi's book and and how she describes her character Emma which is that she describes her character Emma as a person that is just you know just constantly curious and I think keeping a sense of curiosity about your life and about the things that you do um, really serves you and it keeps things fresh for a long time. Um, I feel like it's really easy to believe that you know everything. You can go into a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations, believing that you have a clear understanding of what it is, but that also really blocks you from experiencing a lot of, things that are gonna happen in the moment, a lot of shifts that are gonna come. Um, We were just talking about why I love um, Invincible so much Um, and some of the portrayals of the characters, like the wife being in such grief around realizing that her husband is this like crazy person, right? Is this like crazy superhero guy that doesn't see her as, uh, as any kind of an equal. And it's those kind of turns in life where you believe you knew something and you lost your curiosity about it because it became such a concretized idea that you lose the curiosity around it. And I I feel like in my acting, being curious about my characters until we're done shooting is so important. Being curious about the process and what I can change really changes my work Uh, in my relationship, being curious about my friends, to always just be like, who are you today? Because I know you have to be different than who you were last week. In my like romantic relationships, like keeping that sense of curiosity, no matter how long the relationship has been going, like, you know, we tend to believe we know people if we've been around them for a long time, but you can, we never really even know ourselves. So how is it possible to know another human being who's also changing and evolving that much. So that sense of curiosity has been, like, articulating a sense of curiosity and putting that in my wheelhouse and my, like, toolkit as a thing that I always have to get back to. Like, be curious about that. Don't just think you understand.
1: Guys, this was awesome. Congratulations. Nine days. Beautiful movie. Great job from all of you, Annette. And thanks for a fabulous interview, guys. Thanks. Sure. Take care, guys. Bye. All right, folks. That was the brilliant cast of Nine Days. This movie is nationwide August 6th. I cannot recommend it enough. It's getting critically rave reviews, high score on Rotten Tomatoes, brilliant slow burn of a movie that's going to make you rethink your whole life and how you look at it. High, high, high recommend on Nine Days. Our next guest gets another high recommend on her new project. As i would mentioned, Sanaa Lathan, brilliant actress, nominated for countless awards, been in our lives through so many iconic projects. Her new series, Hit and Run, is unbelievable. I love Fowd on Netflix, Hit and Run, this new series. She co-stars with the creator of Fowd, who also co-created this. You guys are gonna love Hit and Run. It's out on Netflix, August 6th. Here's Sanaa Lathan. All right. It's a great day on The Hustle today as I'm joined by the brilliant Sana Lathan. First of all, congratulations. I watched Hit and Run and you get to work with my man crush, Leo Raz. I interviewed him like, <laughs> I interviewed him like a couple of years ago and I'm like, this dude is the best. And then I watch Fowl and I'm like, he's really the best. How cool is. is it to work with that guy?
6: Oh, he's great! I wasn't familiar with him when I first uh, signed on to the project, and I kept asking people around uh, me if they had seen Fauda because it was on Netflix. So many people were huge fans of it, including my mom, and my mom had a huge crush on him. And as I found out that you know a lot of people did, men and women. And uh, so, uh, and then I, you know, worked with him, and he was just great. He's really. Um, passionate about the work and then also just has you cracking up he has the best sense of humor so it was a fun working experience
1: no you nailed it because both my mom my stepmom and any woman <laughs> above 40 years old is are absolutely <laughs> obsessed with him it's yeah. literally i would pass falda along and like messages people would watch and i would get like messages from women who are like oh my god what i would do to that guy
6: yeah he has that old school like macho you know real man energy and you don't always see that these days
1: no and he's not like traditionally good looking i mean he's not like ryan reynolds mm-hmm. or george right. he's just got kind <laughs> of this different look but the way he's got that stare i'm just like i get it this is the dude i want to walk <laughs> in a <the> bar with <laughs> exactly all right so what's everybody getting with hit and run i've seen it but what are what are the viewers going to get
6: Oh wow! They're gonna get a um, an exciting edge of your seat thriller that is gonna keep you guessing. You're gonna think one thing is gonna happen and another thing is gonna happen. It's also you know there's a lot of action, a lot of violence, and yet there's a female element too. It's created partially by two females, and so we get to you know you get to go on that ride with the action thriller vibe but then there's also some some real kind of themes of relationships and and what happens within relationships and truth and honesty and so it's 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 complicated but it's fun it's going to be a fun ride
1: so do you realize that you're single-handedly responsible for the rise of the WNBA have you realized this because of love and (laughs) bad (laughs) <laughs> I, so I, in, in all seriousness, I talked to Sine Aguamike, who is a star for the LA Sparks, mm-hmm. and I brought up you in Love and Basketball, and she just gushed mm-hmm. about how much that character meant to her. And I've talked to other mm-hmm. women basketball players who also express how much that character meant to them, because that was before the WNBA become, became yeah, now what was. the WNBA. Do you realize the influence of it that movie just, and that character?
6: I think it was just a couple years old. And they got me uh, uh, Colleen, and she was an assistant coach for the LA Sparks, but it, they had just begun. And so I think that that's so cool. You know, Monica, that character, really, you know, a lot of people really connected to her and girls, guys. And I just love that, you know, I admire that character. She was somebody who was like, I don't care what you say i'm going to follow my dream and i'm going to get it and you know we can all learn from that (laughs) right
1: yeah and by the way as someone who played high school and college basketball you actually Mm -hmm. looked like you knew what you were doing and we were talking to shanae about that did you Mm -hmm. play basketball going in did you learn i
6: never played basketball but my mother is a dancer so you know she was she she i kind of grew up dancing and basketball is about rhythm, you know, it's all about rhythm and form. And so I just actually practiced so much that I could do more tricks than a lot of professional basketball players, like that two ball scene. I'm actually doing all that two ball work. I practice for hours every day. But if you put me in a game, I was horrible. I couldn't play, but I looked, I could look like I could play.
1: <laughs> no, you did a great job. Did, have Have you had WNBA players or even NBA players come up to you because of that role and say thank you or just express feedback?
6: Yeah, I've gotten so much great feedback from that role and that movie, I mean to this day, especially with social media now. I know every time it's on TV and it's nice to see people tweeting about it. It's just the greatest feeling to know that people you know connect on a real level to something you know we did.
1: You've been a part of so many groundbreaking African-American projects, and we actually just, this is one you were not a part of, but we just celebrated 30 years of Boys in the Hood. And mm. I remember the first time I saw Boys in the Hood, and I'm obviously mm-hmm. Caucasian, but I just remember the effect that that mm-hmm. movie had on me. Yeah, And yeah. seeing Compton and South Central, and that was a real-life look into what that was there. Do you what did that movie mean to you personally? And do you remember seeing it for the first time?
6: I don't remember seeing it for the first time, but I had a similar feeling of like, of wow, this is so cool to see black people on, you know, fully dimensional from a real reality and a beautiful story. I remember feeling like it was something that I had never experienced before. And so, yeah, that's the mastery of, you know, John Singleton.
1: He was, but you never worked with him, correct?
6: No, I never worked with him, but we were friends. He was, a
1: dynamic, he was a dynamic guy. He really was. I interviewed him and he was such a thoughtful and articulate guy.
6: Mm-hmm. Brilliant.
1: When the first best man comes out, it's a huge hit. And obviously it spawned more movies and now TV Mm -hmm. series. What was the reaction? What was your experience like when that thing explodes at the very beginning?
6: The truth is Best Man was one of the funnest movies to shoot. We were in New York City. It was, I was already friends with Tay and Mia. And it just felt like we were just playing. You know, we just had so much fun shooting that. Uh, it was such great energy, and, and I guess that just that came across on the screen.
1: What is that chemistry like, whether it's The Best Man or any other project hit and run? When you know that there's that chemistry there, that magic, and it's now mm-hmm. gone beyond acting, for an artist, mm-hmm. what is that experience like?
6: It just feels easy. When you have chemistry, it's like you don't have to work so hard. It just feels like you're playing. And I feel like when you're really having fun, even if it's a sad scene, but you're there's like a spirit of, you know, let's play. Cause that's really what it, the, the, the crux of what acting is. You're playing, right? You're playing like little kids who just make believe. And when you have that spirit, that definitely comes across.
1: When you look at projects like The Best Man or Boys in the Hood and the way they ended up being a launching ground for so many actors and actresses. I mean, the 30 years was uh, with Boys in the Hood was Ice Cube's first acting role. And now he's a mogul in Hollywood. But looking back at yourself, you're just starting out in the business. What is it like when you're looking forward to what your career is going to be? Is there a hope? Is there nerves? Obviously, now you've had tremendous success. But when you look back to, hey, I'm just a young actress breaking in, what is that mindset that you can remember?
6: Well, you don't know that they're going to when you're going to work you're just happy to get a job I mean that's when you're hitting the road hitting the ground every day auditioning working your butt off getting rejected 99% of the time sometimes you're up for a movie and it's between you and another girl and you screen test and then you don't get it and you're devastated not having any kind of you know, if you could just look back and tell yourself, just calm down, you know? <laughs> um, so it's like, you're in it. you you're not, it's, it's, it's just more about, Ooh, I got a job that to just get a job and work on a movie is that's the treat. You're not really thinking about, you're not worried about what it's going to be. You just want to do your best that day. So um, all of the, you know, the fact that these movies have kind of created legacies and, you know, spawned all these people. It's great in hindsight. And that's the icing, but that's not really what you're thinking about when you're shooting.
1: Obviously actors always feel like, man, I need a job tomorrow. There's this whole feeling, even Brad Pitt probably feels like I've not (laughs) made it yet. And he's Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. But was there a moment for you, Sanaa, where you thought, all right, I'm a little past the grind now. It's not just a grind, but I do get to choose the projects I want to be a part of. You're obviously now making your directorial debut. So you're taking Mm -hmm. that step. Was -hmm. there a moment for you where you began to say, all right, I can kind of mold my career and where it's going to go next.
6: That's an interesting question. I honestly, I've been very spiritual about the whole thing. That's the only way that I could get through. I couldn't look at the rejection as rejection. I had to kind of create this whole Philosophy that whatever i didn't get wasn't a match to me, and what I did get was mine, and so I kind of that kind of got me through all these years so that it wasn't about me being rejected, it was more about oh no this we 're going to just take this away because this is not for you, and whether that's true or not i don 't care because it got me through, and um, I still hold that spirit today, and I just try to Try to be as present as possible, because any freelance artist, there's always those, every time you finish a job and you don't know what's next, it's terrifying. You just get better at trusting that something will eventually come. And so that's where I am now. I, when I'm in between jobs and I don't know what's coming next, I've been there enough times to trust. My trust level is higher.
1: You would mentioned, obviously, certain roles you may have been up for, not gotten, screen tested. Is there one that you were this close for and you're like, I'm getting this role. You didn't end up getting it, but then it ended up being this enormous role that you're like, man, I wish I got that role. I
6: wish I got it. Oh, God. I don't want to talk about that now. Yeah, there's so many, by the way. So many. <laughs> <laughs> It goes, you know, acting, it goes hand in hand with rejection.
1: (laughs) When when did you learn to love no? That's the thing about rejection. Whether you're an actor, a host, whatever it is, you have to learn to love the word no.
6: I love the way you said that, love no. It's so funny because now as a director, I'm I'm in pre-pre-production and um, just trying to get the crew and the cast together. It's a different kind of no because it's, you know, you're not auditioning, you're trying to recruit people and people are busier than ever with streaming because there's so much content and so you i'm it's so funny because even i've just been working on this for a couple months now and now seeing in the beginning it really hurt like when people were like no i can't do it i'm busy blah, 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 whatever and then now i'm like oh, okay on to the next it's it's really like the more it knows you get the more you realize it's it's kind of it's directional it's 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 guiding you towards the yes.
1: Now that you're behind the camera, does it make you rethink or re-reflect on what it's like in front of the camera or decisions you may have made as an actor?
6: You know, I definitely, because I've been watching a lot of auditions and it's definitely made me rethink auditions in the past and how you know, what all of the changes, emotional changes you have to go through before, during and after. It's definitely made me reflect on those in a different way.
1: What was your audition process like? I know that I tried acting for a minute and I'm like, (laughs) shit, I'm the worst auditioner on the face of the planet. Some people are just very
6: interesting because there's some people who are great auditioners, but not great actors. And there's some great actors who are horrible auditioners. And I am of the belief that auditioning is a skill within itself. And sometimes it has nothing to do with whether you're a good actor.
1: Were you a good auditioner?
6: Um I was a good auditioner when I was a good auditioner. (laughs) You know, I wasn't one of those people who was a good auditioner if it wasn't if it wasn't right. Like there's there were people who were just great auditioners. I definitely was a better auditioner when I was connected to the role in a real in a real way. I couldn't do I couldn't just turn it on.
1: It's funny you mentioned the connection to the role because and and, and I thought the movie, the hit and run, the writing's excellent. I love the the mm-hmm. tension. I'm, I'm I'm all about plugging this thing. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, it, it, it had a foul of feel to it. Mm-hmm. But do you know when you read the writing? I know every actor always says the writing, the writing, the script, but do you mm-hmm. know instantaneously? When you read it, you're like, this thing is going to be good.
6: I know because if I'm engaged and I don't want to go and look at my phone and look at Instagram and I don't want to get on the phone with my girlfriend, you know, I know if it keeps my attention and it's a page turner and it gives it, and I can get to beginning to end without getting up and meandering off to something else, I know it's going to be good. Also, if it brings up, if it makes me laugh out loud. If it, if it brings up a real true emotion, those are all good signs.
1: So one of the reasons that I started this show was to talk to successful people in all genres mm-hmm. about the principles and the mentality that help make them successful. How do you continue to elevate both on and off screen?
6: I'm what I call a, a light chaser. I just, I just am so interested in... Um, what makes us work as as human beings i am constantly working on myself i always even since i was in my 20s um had help in the form of whether it was like a spiritual mentor or a life coach i've had a great therapist for the last three years i truly am a huge advocate advocate of um, therapy that you know it doesn't it's not a It doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. It's um, it's like going to the gym, but for your mind and in this day and age, you need to work on your mental state if you want true peace and happiness. Um, I am a huge meditator. (laughs) Uh, I don't always do it, but I know that when I am doing it consistently, I'm overall happier. And I try to take the business with a grain of salt and it's, it's what I do. It's my passion. I'm so grateful. And yet I don't put it, I don't, it's not more important than relationships and family and your life now. So it's, for me, it's all about the balance. That's what I'm working on now is the balance.
1: I want to talk to you about your social media before I let you go, because it blew my mind. You have so many millions of followers. And it's one thing when you're like <laughs> a TikTok star, like one of these D'Amelio twins. But as an actress in the era that we were raised in, it's mm-hmm. so hard to gain that type of social media following. How did you get all these millions and how do you manage this thing? It's gotta be crazy.
6: You know, it's so funny because I really am not, I have never gotten comfortable with posting on social media. I, they say you should post every day sometimes a month will go by, I have to make myself post because I am truly a person who got into this business because I really truly love acting and I love telling stories. I grew up in the business. I grew up around famous people. I don't put any value in that. And so for me to be like, look at me, look at me. So I do it because I make myself do it. And I know that this is the world that we live in, but I have to constantly convince myself. I just think, you know, the, the there was kind of like a built in audience for me just from coming up in the business and, and people who have loved, you know, the, the the early movies.
1: Yeah. You've been a part of so many iconic projects and I think you've touched now multiple generations, which when you're at that point in your career and they just love you, I was, as I was prepping, I'm looking, I'm like, 2.7. Like, what is going on?
6: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: So you're not pretty much in the mirror taking selfies of yourself every day is what you're saying. I mean, I
6: do like, you know, I got my hair and makeup done for this press day. So I'm going to take advantage of it and log, take a bunch of pictures, and then I can post them, you know, whenever.
1: So now this has been a pleasure hit and run. It's on Netflix. Fantastic movie. And Lior is my man. congratulations fantastic movie thanks so uh, so not movie fantastic tv show i'm an idiot fantastic (laughs) tv show but it was great thank you so much
6: thank you arthur thank you take care
1: all right folks make sure to check out hit and run on netflix i guess by the time you're listening to this i keep saying august 6th but it's august 5th today so I guess midnight tonight, go watch it run. It's unbelievable, guys. And check out Fauda. I want to give Lior her co-star plug. And Lior actually is coming up on the show in a few weeks, just kind of pre-plugging him. Unbelievable interview with that dude. He's like my man crush. I got to give it to him. But Sanaa Lathan is brilliant in the show, as is Lior. But also check out Fauda. Fauda is incredible and gives you an inside look into the Israeli-Palestinian struggle from both sides. It is awesome. Finally, we're wrapping up the show with Premier League lacrosse player, University of Utah assistant coach, and Cardon brand ambassador, Marcus Holman. We're digging into everything, and I cannot stress enough, you're going to hear this talk about skincare and what he's doing with Cardon and just supporting a female-owned business, the importance of skincare when you're an athlete. I think you guys are going to love this. It's a totally different conversation and anything you'll hear probably anywhere else so here he is Marcus Holman all right we're talking some lacrosse and skincare with PLL star and assistant coach at the University of Utah Marcus Holman man you're juggling a ton of stuff there first of all I just had Paul Rabel on the show recently I'm honestly in awe of what him and you have all built with PLL that's not an easy league to get off the ground. And the fact that you guys have essentially created a league that's working is pretty awesome. How cool is it to be part of it, to see lacrosse being brought more into the mainstream?
8: Yeah, it's, it's been incredible, um, you know, joining the, the PLL in the second half of my professional career. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just taking off. Um, and we've seen the success that the league has had within the first three years you know, for them to, to pull off a bubble during COVID um, and continue to have TV ratings go up, um, you know, social engagements go up. Um, and now having fans back in the stands for our third season has just been incredible. Um, again, and it's, it's a testament to Paul and Mike Rabel and, and the front office and, you know, the media team at the PLL, you know, I'm just, I'm a small cog in the wheel. All I have to do is just, you know, put the ball in the goal as much as I can and, and help the archers win. But um, yeah, definitely grateful to to be a part of it.
1: So let's talk all about lacrosse because when you're growing up, I played high school and college basketball. So as a kid, you're like, I'm either going to play football, baseball, basketball, then you have the hockey people. Lacrosse isn't usually high on that list. What makes you get into lacrosse? And then once you do, it's again, outside of the PLL and, and other leagues, there wasn't really an avenue to pursue it after college. So how did that kind of become your
8: dream? Yeah, well, you know, I like to tell people I was I was born with a stick in my hand. Um, my dad, Brian, and my mom, Lori, both played Division I lacrosse in the early 80s. Um, my mom went to Towson, and my dad went to Johns Hopkins, right? So um, I'm a Baltimore guy at heart. I was born and raised there, you know, and Baltimore – you know, alongside Philadelphia and long Island and, you know, maybe up towards Connecticut in the new England area, like lacrosse is huge. Um, you know, and I was just around the game a lot. My dad was coaching at Johns Hopkins. I was on the sidelines of, of games. I was really just around the sport a lot. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, I was, my first dream was to be an NFL player. Um, I love football. Uh, I played basketball in high school as well. And, um, you know, once I kind of realized, okay, I'm, I don't think I'm like fast enough or big enough to make the NFL. Like, I think I can find a, a home at the collegiate level with lacrosse. And I got a scholarship to UNC, just continued to work at it and fell in love with the sport. And, um, you know, I think, you know, like any other career, like you have to kind of fall in love with what you're doing to be really good at it. You know, if you ask anyone, any, who's great in any field, you know, science, math, um, you know, an entrepreneur, a CEO, like they all love what they do. And I just felt really fortunate to just find that love, uh, of the sport of lacrosse and then definitely had a decision to make after I graduated, like, Holy shit. Like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, you know, lacrosse has been my life. Like I can't just play pro because the the wages don't support a full-time living. Um, but I was able to, to work, you know, in the private sector with, with lessons and then group clinics and travel. And I was able to make a, make a living out of the sport. And now, um, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old. This is my ninth professional season. Uh, and I'm an assistant coach at the university of Utah during the academic calendar. And then when that ends, I'm a a pro lacrosse player. So yeah, it's, it's a life full of lacrosse, but it's, it's what I love to do.
1: How much obviously, and I want to talk about exposure because, everything that Paul's done, then you have Chris Hogan, then coming to the league, who's obviously beloved from the Pats. When you have moments like that, how much does it elevate the sport?
8: A ton. And I think the, the key factor with Chris um, and how he approached, you know, training camp and, and the tryouts was, you know, was awesome. His mindset was really humble, you know, and, and when you hear him being interviewed, just being like, damn, I'm out of breath. Like, how do these guys do this? Or, I can't believe these guys shoot the ball this hard. And then, you know, him just talking with Paul in the parking lot, just being like, you know, these guys are, are freaks, like what they can do, you know, not only athletically, but with the sport of lacrosse, you have this foreign object that guys can be creative with. And everybody has kind of a different style of play, which I think makes lacrosse unique. Um, so it was, it was cool to see him, you know, kind of battle through that and to give him an opportunity to play. And I think he's, you know, on the whip snakes now after being traded, but yeah, it was, it was cool to kind of hear another professional athlete, like in the trenches with us and having that perspective instead of just like an outsider looking in, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to have that firsthand account from Chris. Let's talk skincare because I'm looking through and you have perfect skin. This is not a
1: conversation that men often have, but I'm a skincare fanatic. And it's such an important conversation that we should be having. So, yeah. tell me about what you're
8: doing in order to really create top-notch skincare for yourself. Yeah, well, I think like most men, it's it's a foreign topic. Um, you know, I think when you think of skincare, you think it's a feminine thing and only women should do it, and so on and so forth. But you know, I've had you know secondhand um, you know accounts of people getting skin cancer. You know, one of my friends dad's had you know a, a graft on his face that he needed to be removed. He's a guy who plays golf a lot. You know, he's out in the sun. And it kind of hit me like, okay, I'm I'm a coach year round. I'm also a player year round. I'm outside for two hours almost every single day, you know, um, and I'm exposed to the sun. And like I was a, a guy who had like didn't really wear um, you know, um what's it called? Sun tan lotion. Like I just was like whatever. And, uh, it kind of hit me. It was like, okay, like if I want to kind of keep this intact for the next 15, 20 years, like I'm going to have to, you know, do some maintenance with it. And obviously my, my fiance, Alex, who, um, you know, is right now a, a sports illustrated swimsuit model, which was pretty cool. The magazine comes out this Thursday. She had a big impact on me just being like, you know, you should moisturize your face like before you go to sleep. And I was like, oh, uh, whatever. And then finally trying it and like making it a habit, you know, I was like, okay, i my face does like feel better, you know, it's not dry. And then my mom even coming up to me and being like, you, you know, your skin's kind of glowing a little bit. I'm like, okay, you're just saying that, aren't you? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a kind of a cool new, almost hobby for me. How do you
1: connect with Cardon? Because I'm a huge fan of everything they're doing. I've been using their products. How did that connection occur?
8: Yeah. Well um, they're an incredible business, obviously female owned and run, which is, which is really cool um and you know the fact that kind of behind everything they do is like the uh cactus extract i thought was really really awesome like i've never heard of that um and living in salt lake city you know people think of salt lake city in utah they think of mountains and it's cold all year round but it's actually like a desert climate um you know and and like doing some more research on cactuses like they live in the harshest climates and they're they're always looking cool and pretty and um so yeah, like being able to, to relate with them and then jumping on a couple of Zooms with them and I think their positivity and, and you know, openness to, you know, changing the stigma around skincare in, in the male community, I think was pretty cool. Um, you know, and, and, and again, to top that, like, it's all nice to say those things, but if you don't actually believe in the product, like, you're not going to really enjoy speaking about it. And I think, you know, their, their favorite product that I use of theirs is, is their SPF and moisturizer. Right. I mentioned being out in the sun all day. Like I was just outside training and working out in the sun and I can put that on my face. And number one, it smells amazing. <laughs> um, I've gotten compliments on this, but like, what, what does that smell like? Oh, it's actually just like some face moisturizer. Um, so it smells great. And then two, like as an athlete, it doesn't, you know, Traditional suntan lotions can kind of run down your face and, and, you know, give you that like glossy, messy feeling, but I don't get that at all with, with their product. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a really cool relationship for the past month or so.
1: Yeah. I enjoy working with them as well. And it's interesting because you're 30, so you don't have this as much of an issue as a 43 year old <laughs> like me, but I get dark circles. Come on. It has been a game changer because I'm on camera all day and their depuffer and dark circle remover is unbelievable and I'm like cactus really and meanwhile it is the greatest stuff on earth
8: yes 100% and you know their their newly released toner wipes that came out last week are are awesome too again for me as an athlete like you know sometimes I maybe don't have time for that shower after a workout or whatever and I can use those to just keep my face clean and and not have to stress about that
1: yeah and by the way you obviously touched on skincare almost being a taboo conversation because we're men but I have actually found recently that I am talking more about that and other taboo subjects. It's just a matter of being public about it, but you're right. Skincare really has become such an enormous conversation for us.
8: Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, being, you know, playing professional sports, like being in the locker room right now, like, you know, you, you get some jabs for it. Like, Hey, this ad popped up on my Instagram feed. Like, are you slinging skincare right now? And guys will be funny about it, but then, you know, I, I gifted, a lot of our teammates like skincare sets and they're like damn this is awesome like my girlfriend's so pumped about this <laughs> my fiance is so pumped about this you know so again it's just kind of breaking through that that layer um and that stigma like you mentioned
1: i want to talk to you about being an assistant coach because the kids today are difficult it's a whole different generation now yeah. when you're working with these kids do you have a totally different respect and an awe level for the people who had to work with you and what they had to deal with.
8: Yeah, you know, it's a a cool relationship that I have in my life to be able to be a player and a coach at the same time. Um, You know, and I'll say just in terms of of my coaching journey, like I'm so fortunate to be able to to be on an amazing staff here at the University of Utah. I've got to give a shout out to my assistant coaches, Will Manny and and Adam Gittleman. are also professional players and teammates of mine and then uh you know working with my dad who who is my boss the head coach Brian Holman uh is pretty incredible you know a lot of teams talk about family but we actually like have it here on our staff you know and I've learned I've learned a a million things from my dad he's not only a great coach he's he's a great mentor uh and a friend and um you know it's 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 it is different, you know, he's comes from the more old school era, he's, he's 60. And, um, you know, he's, what I appreciate about him is that, you know, the, like, kind of old school ways of like, not making excuses for yourself, and, you know, not complaining and not whining, like, I think kids need to be pushed that way. You know, I I think, um, just giving into some of the, the societal creations that we've made, like, of anxiety and depression. And I know those things are real things. I'm not discounting those, but I think, you know, pushing kids and, and breaking through with them and like having those deep conversations and, and challenging them to, to see themselves as, as more than they are right now is a really, a really cool thing about being a coach and, and being a leader. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky and we have, we have great players as well. So just fortunate to work with them.
1: By the way, the humble brag of having a girlfriend in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition might be my favorite moment of all time. Mm-hmm. I got, I
8: I I gotta correct you. She's my fiance. We got engaged oh, last. Uh, another humble brag there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't want her to hear this, and and you know she'll be coming for my head if I didn't mention that. So we're getting married in, in December. We're we're super excited about that. But it's been a blessing to just be able to support her. You know, she's like my best friend and. Um, I want to see her have success more than anybody else. So I'm really excited. We're actually heading down to, to Miami this weekend for, for the swimsuit launch party. So that should be uh, a fun and exciting weekend.
1: How much do all the other PLL guys and even the guys you're coaching hate you?
8: <laughs> well, I think they will maybe once, once I share some stories from this weekend, because I think Meg the stallion is, is on the cover of one of the, the magazines. So I, I think it'd be cool to meet her and um, you know, dance with her and and listen to some rap in in the club with mega stallion that'll be fun
1: not bad for an assistant coach at the university of utah right by the way with your dad being the coach do you get to call him dad do you refer to him as your his first name do you have to call him coach what's the dynamic like there
8: um i I don't know when this was but i just started calling him pops maybe like when i was in high school or or college i just i didn't like dad you know it just sounded like too boyish almost so i just started calling him pops and um that's that's kind of what he goes by, and and some of our players will call me like Coach Holman, but in my eyes, like he's Coach Holman, like I'm just Coach Marcus or Marcus if, if you want to call me that.
1: Dude, this has been awesome. Congrats on everything. Have a great time in Miami. I love that we can bond over the cardan partnership because again, I can't stress it enough, man. Skincare is so important, whether it's protection whether it's looking good or just yep. feeling good it really is an important part of your life and men don't talk enough about
8: it agreed you just make it a habit you know it's like brushing your teeth at night you know put on some some moisturizer before you go to bed i promise you'll you'll wake up feeling better
1: and by the way how cool is it you had mentioned obviously the female owned aspect of it to see women who have started this business for us how cool how cool a dynamic is that
8: yeah 100% the the all the conversations i've had with them have been super positive And again, trying for you, you know, almost not using me, but using me to try to like push through to my teammates and, and spread this message about, you know, safety and taking care of our, our skin and stuff like that. So again, you know, I, I have to mention my fiance again, who's someone who loves to empower women who's sending out positive messages like on her social media platforms and um, you know, is, is really making moves kind of in the, the female business Uh, landscape. So it's cool to see um, just that kind of all around me in my life right now. Awesome, man. Good luck with the rest of the PLL
1: season. And of course, obviously uh, the Utah thing and uh, have fun in Miami, man. Thank you. Got a lot going on. I know a lot
8: of of balls to juggle in the air, but you know, it's a good time. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. No,
1: you're awesome, man. Thanks for a great interview, brother. Cool. See you, man. Talk to you, brother. All right, folks, that was Marcus Holman. Make sure to catch him in the Premier Lacrosse League, assistant coaching for his dad at the University of Utah. And make sure you go check out Cardon. Love their products. As a guy myself, I cannot stress enough the importance of skincare and skin protection. And they are like the best in the business. You guys are going to love their products. All right, that's it. Another incredible episode in the books, episode 82. We're 82 years old. We're 82. We just turned 82. How cool is that? But uh, that's it for Endless Hustle. Make sure to subscribe, rate, support us on social media for Endless Hustle. We are on Twitter at Endless Double Underscore Hustle, on Instagram at Endless Hustle Pod. Me personally, I am at It's Me Arthur Cade on Instagram, at Arthur Cade on Twitter. We are back on Tuesday with another incredible episode. Make sure to check out our social media so you can see all of our upcoming guests. We have some banger names coming up a-lister after a-lister influencer after influencer billionaire after billionaire we got them all we'll see you back on tuesday endless hustlers have a great weekend see you then